but people out there are probably wrestling with that decision of should I start my own business? When would it make sense? Do I when should I dive all in and be ready to quit my day job versus keeping something just for a security reason? Like what advice would you give to people who are wanting to start their own business? Yeah, the the answer is it's different for everyone. And that's one thing that I've learned and I'm actually going to be starting a podcast probably soon is I do want to share the stories of different people, how they started. It's literally different for everyone, Mm -hmm. and there's not a right or wrong way. I think the bigger, more important thing is when you do decide to start is you just, you go, you go all in on it. And Mm -hmm. if that means, because a lot of people too will say like, oh, if it's a side hustle, you can't go all in. I get what they're saying, but like, there are going to be certain situations where you have bills and a wife and kids and you can't just go all in with no revenue. So you need to go on on your side hustle until you have one. And so I think it's different for everyone. Okay. I've got a lot of questions for you that are kind of selfish because of what you do for work. Okay, let's get into <laughs> it. Because we're both in marketing, but I think we're in very different worlds of marketing. So mm-hmm. I have no idea how yours all works. And so I have a lot of questions on that. And then we have, we got a bunch of questions on Instagram. Most of them are pretty random and weird. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get a little weird. And then there are a couple that are for realsies. Hopefully but, some came from Chad. I bet his were the most weird. Oh, we got, we got lots of weird ones. But I do, I think the most important thing for me on this one is helping people understand what you do, because I think it's really cool, not just what you do, but how you got there and what it's like starting a business Mm -hmm. and and leaving the nine to five corporate world and taking that risk and that jump and everything. So first off, like, tell me the story of Sixth Media. All right. Well, Sixth Media, I guess we can go to, I mean, I've been in this space for uh, over a decade now, about 11, 12 years now. And it's funny how I stumbled into SEO. It's when I met my wife and I was like, man, I we're going to probably get married and I love this woman and man, I need to get a real job. Cause like, I think at the time I was working for Chad's dad Yeah, yeah. doing like I, we were doing the distribution to the gas stations as like a part-time job. I was a part-time rent a cop (laughs) and going to school. And then, so I was like, man, I need to like do something. So I just applied to a bunch of random jobs, found a a local SEO company, um, which was awesome. And uh, the stuff I was doing then like would literally get your site penalized today. but it worked then. Right. And so I just kind of fell in love with that process. And the thing I love about SEO and about like organic search is it's changed so much. Yeah. Like, and even now with AI coming out, like it's going to change so much again, like you have to proactively. And I love that about it. Like, it's not like I've been doing the same thing for over a decade. Um, so that's how I got into it. And so, um, and, and the cool thing too, is like, in Utah, there's a lot of marketing agencies. It's kind of like you said, Silicon Slopes, right? And so being at a few different marketing agencies got gave me the opportunity to see how they run it, what they do, what they do well, some things that I would like to change or do differently. Um, some people that offered a great service but maybe had a crappy culture and you can't scale without a great team behind you. And so anyway, there was eventually this point where I was like, man, I, I kind of had that itch to kind of do my own thing. But at the time I had... I think I had, yeah, three kids and a wife that didn't work, a mortgage, all the bills. And it's like, because like everyone's story is different, right? Some yeah. people can just like, I have an idea. I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump. Let's go. 
Yeah. And for me, it's like, I have an idea. I want to do this. Okay, I got to be calculated about this because I can't just jump and run into it. And so um, I just slowly kind of started building on the side. And it was really hard because the company I was working for uh, had like it was in the similar space. And so I only could take on very baby clients, like $500 a month or less yeah. where I would be competing with them. And so I was, I, you know, I even gave them some of the um, opportunities like, Hey, do you want to work with this person? It's this much like, no, we don't want them. Okay. So I kind of slowly built that out. Um, and then I, I reached a point where I had enough revenue where I felt like, okay, it's like now or never. And I even debated, I flew over to Red Ventures, uh, which is like ClearLink, uh-huh. um, if you're familiar with their model, interviewed with them. And it was either um, fly my family out to North Carolina for like, and I think their salary was like 110000 So it was, it was a decent salary offer that they had. Um, but I decided to double down on myself. And so I jumped and uh, I mean, the rest is history, I guess. So um <laughs> For me, that's kind of how I had to do it because I needed to have money coming in to be able to do it. Um, but I also had to still give it 110% at my full-time job, yeah. which, again, that's the cool thing about me. And um, I would say maybe my my previous, uh, uh, I guess, boss maybe would disagree with me since we went to a whole lawsuit and all that, right? Yeah. But I can say, like, deep down in my soul that I gave him 110%, that company 110% why I was doing, starting my thing on the side. It just, it was a lot of sleep, a lot of, like, two to three hours nights of sleep, which is crazy because I did that for, like, a year and a half. Even when I went full-time, I felt like because I was the only one doing the fulfillment, only one doing the strategy, only one doing the sales, I was doing the same thing. But now if I try to do, like, pull an all-nighter dude i'm like wrecked for like a week <laughs> you're getting old man and so yeah so it's just crazy how it kind of started that way and and uh yeah now we have a team behind us uh, i think we have 13 or 14 employees in our lehigh office wow. and then we have maybe 10 or 20 contracted writers across the u.s and that's one big thing one value that i've really focused on is having our entire team in the u.s my margins aren't as great um yeah. but i know that's kind of like one of my core values that i believe in so that's yeah. how i started and got in the industry and and made that leap was it was very planned out and calculated and as much as risk adverse as you could be but at some point you still have to take the risk and just jump yeah with so. the services that you offer a person who would ever listen to this what does that person look like who'd be like ooh that's i need that right based on the things that you yeah. you offer at six media yeah, so I mean, our core services, uh, just so that we can go through those. So we do website design and development, and that's really mainly because a lot of times when you're doing like SEO, the organic strategy, the technology is something that can hold you back. Like you can implement awesome content and awesome strategy and all the things, but if you don't have an actual base platform, you're not going to go far. So website design and development, SEO, and then we do paid ads as well on social and on like Google and YouTube. Um, and we've been doing some beta testing with some short video, uh, reels and TikTok and stuff, which has honestly gone really cool. Um, but that's like our core services. Um, and we work with the one thing that I actually was happy about, cause I also, when I started my business, COVID hit seriously three months after I started. So I was like brand new into it, new entrepreneur. And they're like, COVID's hitting. I had a lot of clients in the medical space, uh, Mm -hmm. like medical spas or pediatric offices or plastic surgeons. And so I'm like getting information from them in their medical circles. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What's going on? And um, 
anyway, I'm, I'm glad that I was diverse enough that like, cause I know some people like dentists, right? A lot of them had to shut down yeah. or were forced to. And so if you were like just a dental marketing agency, you might have you might have not survived. I don't know yeah. if some did. So I was diverse enough. So we work really well, like with ecom, um, and ecom not ecom startups. And this is on one thing I learned the last year. It's it's ecom that's doing like twenty k a month. Mm-hmm. We can really help them scale because we can come in and really dump gasoline on that fire. Them growing. We also work really well in like multi location businesses. Like we just recently started working with Bucked Up. Mm-hmm. They have fourteen franchise locations, but they also have ecom. So it's like a hybrid model. Um, we recently started working with the uh, uh, Bullfrog Spas. They have like 300 dealer locations across the U.S. So multi-location is like our bread and butter right now that we're really doubling down into. And then just any local business that that doesn't understand the online game at all, like a home-based service business, like plumbers, lawyer, uh, lawyers, um, HVAC guys, medical offices like spas like smaller or car dealerships would that make sense um, or is that something different it, it depends uh because how people are going to be looking for a car yeah. um so there's definitely some opportunity we've had there but uh and real estate is another one that's like we've done some good work in but it's also one that's hard like real estate if they don't have like a very specific vision of who they service and who they work with like oh i just buy and sell homes Okay, that that's it. Okay, okay, we're gonna need like okay, I buy and sell homes that are distressed properties that are short sales from the bank, and I take them flip cool. Or I I sell luxury homes between one and three million in this specific area. Like if you have more of specific things, you always can work with it. So we work with a lot of different verticals and a lot of industries. Um, What is it about the multi location things that make it pretty advantageous for you? uh, A lot of people, I just they don't leverage again, like the URL structure, the tech and just kind of how it's laid out. Like, so, um, and a lot of people just, they don't know how to leverage that. Cause you can have like one core website with like 200 locations and actually rank for every individual location or like mobile based business as well. We do this with my brother's company onsite detail. So for example, he's got three locations, but then he services like, for example, up in park city. Mm. So we built an entire strategy and page and built trust into that page to rank in like park city because again there's like a lot of um more higher end vehicles up there right so it's like a really good market for him so if you search like park city mobile detailing his website shows up and it's not his home page it's his actually location page that we built out optimized drove trust to and actually made him relevant like he's done a couple events up there so it's really like a customized experience Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to think like if somebody lands on your home page or that park city page and they're in park city What's going to be the better user experience? That Park City page should be the better user experience. Yeah. And so there's ways that you scale it um, through the tech, through the URL structure, how the folder structure is on the site, um, building trust. I call them deep links. A lot of times, like outreach, people will say, oh, you know, we acquire links. And a lot of these brands will have like a really well-trusted links pointing into their homepage. But then you go look at their individual pages and there's like nothing built to them. And Mm -hmm. so now we, again, find strategies and create content around acquiring links and high quality uh, outreach back to their page. And so that helps build that individual deep page page link uh, trust that kind of goes back. So um, and then also for us, it's I mean, I worked at Entrada. And so you you would get a, a property management company that has 300 apartments. Yeah. They'd give you 10 as a pilot you do well, you'd show the results and then they give you all 300. Hmm. So from a revenue standpoint, it's great for us, but also just from like 
an ability to prove concept. And then you just have usually like a bigger budget with their revenue coming in at 300 properties. Right. And it's just, you can scale all of it. Like the, the thing that I will say is the hardest thing is if, and that's why I said startup e-coms we found out are really hard mm. is when you don't have budget, like you get to the point sometimes where like, Hey, I can't pay anymore. It's like, really? Cause we've like five extra traffic, Yeah, you know, but they haven't quite gotten to that point where they have that consistent, like cash flow and like, you know, with the economy, certain businesses are slowing down and stuff like that. So that that's just one area that is really uh, helpful. And like, um, you know, some people don't even have like location pages or they're just spun ran like this exact same copy on every location. So there's yeah. just a lot of opportunity to go in and be like, okay, let's break this down and put a strategy by location and kind of build out the whole process and just be very customized about it. Can you explain SEO to like a third grader? Because I, in, in most of the businesses that I've been a part of, and it's all been in like health insurance, which is a pretty competitive keyword mm -hmm. in general because yep. we've got United Healthcare that's bajillion dollars. Right. So it seems like SEO, when I'm asked, hey, how is our SEO? It's kind of including not just where we rank on a Google search, but are we on Google ads? Does our website look nice? Like I think in the average person's mind, SEO is this like black box of magic that yeah. has, makes I mean, no sense. The the basic way to describe it is it we through SEO and what SEO is, is it's basically just helping your website rank higher on the Google SERPs, the search engine page mm -hmm. um, in the organic section. So that's literally all, all it is, is just helping your website become more relevant for the specific keywords that you rank for and moving it up. So if you, if I, if, and maybe you can add a visual, but if you pull up yeah. a, a Google SERP, you're going to have like the ads, right? Yeah. And then for local searches, you'll have the maps, mm -hmm. like Google My Business Reads, and then you'll have your organic below that. So SEO is helping you rank in that organic section. There's also parts of our SEO for local businesses that we can actually help rank you higher. Like if somebody were search, um, like right now, I think if you search like SEO in Utah County, you'll see that our page is in the map section. We're not ranking in the organic section. We haven't even doubled down our own stuff yet, yeah. but we rank in the maps. And then you have the paid ads. So it's not paid ads. You're, you're never going to rank through SEO in the paid ads, but it's essentially just uh, doing that. And the the three areas that I always talk about with SEO is the, the three areas I break down are technology, relevance, and trust. And so your technology is like your website, your internal link structure, URL structure, all of those things that is like your foundation. The relevance is like how good your content is, your copy, your video copy, like how you're actually formatting it and putting it on your website. A lot of people do video, don't even leverage on their website, but that's like your relevant. How relevant are you for that specific keyword search that somebody's searching for? And then the trust is your third factor, and there's a few components of that. Um, a lot of the high-quality links that kind of point to you from all over the internet, like you know, if, we, if you wanted to, like we talked about, Eric is better than Michael Jordan. You better <laughs> yeah. get some links all over the internet that <laughs> say agree. that and point back to your website that talk yeah. about why you're better, right? So that you can actually have some trust. I'm not. I'm not better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real. Yes, thing. this is this, this is information from his kids. So, yes. yeah. I, I I believe it though. Sometimes you're you're pretty good. Um, and uh, yeah, breaking that down, and then the other part of trust is like your reviews, your reputation, right? That's really important. And then Google actually just added another ranking factor just now in December. It, it was called EAT, which is your ex expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. They added experience, just barely. So now it's EAT with two E's <laughs> is part of, part of the ranking factor. And really for me, 
I think the big thing, um, an old tangent, uh, and this is a super long-winded answer to explaining SEO yeah. to a to a third grader, but uh, getting into like AI and all of that. Um, think about when the internet first started. How many people came online that were faking it till they made it? Mm. You know, yeah. and there was a lot, and a lot of people probably made a lot of money being able to do that. Now think of with AI, the the theory of of Alex is people are going to do that like tenfold. So now imagine, I say like even before AI, I think it's, there's all these gurus who are yeah never done anything, but so, they make nice videos. Well, imagine that times a now million, a thousand, yeah. ten thousand with the ability to generate content. Like you can get like you can tell an AI what to say, and it creates a video for you. And yeah. actually, like you have to like figure out is that a human or is that AI, but. Yeah. Now, kind of with that thing, and that's why I think Google's adding that experience piece of it because, you know, if you talk about health insurance and you put a piece of content out, or I, as a marketer, create a piece about health insurance, Google's going to look at who's the author, what's the brand, and who's actually going to be the more the authority, the expert, the, who has the better eat on the topic. Yeah, Hands down, it's going to be you. Yeah. Your content's going to outrank mine like that because of all the stuff you've already been putting out online, the company that you work for has a reputation, right? Yeah. Versus if I just created, you know, healthcareisfun.com and launched content, they're going to know that it's yeah. not legit. So that's go just buy one. That domain now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go buy that domain and then resell it, keep it in your portfolio. Yeah. But, um, and I have it. There was a question on Instagram about this a little bit as we're getting into that. And, and I kind of want to bundle this into one topic of, you mentioned how much SEO has changed, and even me on the outskirts have seen how it's changed over the last 10 years, but maybe you can take us through what what it was, because it seemed like it was a lot easier to trick the system back in the day, and then now, all the stuff that Google's doing, and then transitioning that into like ChatGPT and other AI mm-hmm. softwares. Like how it's changed, or kind of where we're at today? How has it changed, and then getting to where we're I at mean, today? It's changed to go from... Okay, so high level to explain it easy. I think when we first started the internet and the search engine started working, it was all about quantity. Like you could just flood the internet with as much as you could um, and you were going to win. Just make a bunch of articles, make a bunch of posts. You could hide, hide content behind images yeah. on a website. So you could, if you're trying to rank for, you know, a lawyer in Salt Lake City. You could have an image with lawyer in Salt Lake City pasted behind the image a hundred times mm. and Google would crawl and make, oh, they're relevant. They say it a hundred times on their page and you would rank and it would yeah. work. But now that's that's like, you'll, 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 you can't do that. You'll get penalized, right? Yeah. So just flooding low quality, just quantity and quantity, 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 and then finding ways to almost like trick the search engine, like a lot of manipulation, a lot of things like that that just wasn't good. Then you shifted with like, Google's Penguin update and a lot of other things where they shifted to go away from like spam and this kind of garbage type of stuff. And we went to like really a good quality phase where it was all about quality and less about quantity. You still had to produce quantity, but it was all about quality. How does it measure quality? Um, I, I mean, to that example of like hiding text behind an image or um, like, for example, when we vet like an outreach site we want to get a link back to we look at 17 metrics to determine if it's actually a website we want to link back from because like there there are tons of websites out on the internet that literally just exist that are like part of a private private blog network mm-hmm. stay away from those that's going to get you spammed like it's just it's a spider web of spam is yeah. all it is yeah. trying to get trust back um or um 
like yeah just in like we when i first started seo we did i did commenting on blog posts like like i'd go to random blog ericsoderberg.com i'd go there and be like hey cool article have you seen uh about uh, monster.com you should check it out yeah and i'd get a link back to my client's website but now google when they crawl your website get a link to mine and now there's like a link coming in and that actually benefits you so that was a huge quantity thing that like literally you could be writing about you know basketball and then i mentioned a drink like there's no relevancy there's no helpful your users makes no sense yeah that's like kind of the the low quality stuff so when it comes to quality it's like topic relevance um it's it's uh uh again like some of those those metrics we look at when we're doing outreach it's just looking at those types of things to make sure that it's of substance it makes sense and it's really for the user um and that's what i will say like in that in the you know quality phase that we've been in if you just like stop trying to like fake it or stop yeah. trying to manipulate it. Like if you just focus on your end user and you've done a great job with your healthcare company, mm -hmm. if you just focus on the end user and put out good stuff, you're going to win and yeah. you're going to look at, you know, and like you would be a perfect ideal person for us to like work with in the sense that you already have content creating, you already have, you know, a good marketing strategy, good, a good like video strategy. We might look at your stuff and say, Hey, if we just tweaked a few things here and got some of the technical stuff fixed and this and looked at site speed and some of these other things, you know, that would actually, you could five or 10 X what you're doing. Yeah. Versus if you go to something that's like literally a blank slate and they have nothing, mm -hmm. we can still help you. And we have a whole team behind it. It just takes longer to build up momentum. So existing momentum and focusing on the user should be your end goal. And I think now we're shifting into a, a time just with the, the use of AI, not never copy and paste chat gpt number mm -hmm. one it yeah. still needs to be heavily edited but like i how how we're leveraging like we're testing different tones of voices yeah it's really good at it like like i've, I've never used it professionally like i've never taken anything but i did jump in there and i like asked it a few things it was amazing like it was like yeah super cool but yeah like a detailed script it didn't pull it it can but it wasn't exactly accurate yeah. but if i was like give me five bullet points it doesn't really good job of doing that yeah or you could say here's here's my like my unique selling proposition value that i think i want for this brand can you write me a hundred different variations of this sentence yeah now you can like scan through that like wow i can get so like ad copy mm -hmm. we can get a lot of different variations and do a lot of a b testing a lot quicker because now we're not having to think about the different variations we can leverage that or like when you're creating you know seo content briefs like like so we're not actually saying, write me an article on this. It might be, write, this section needs to be about this. This section needs to be about this. Can you give me a headline if we're talking about this topic, a headline if we're talking about this topic? And now you can create like a brief a lot faster than you could, you know, just by doing it based on like our human brain, Yeah. right? But then you still have to have a human write a lot of the copy or edit it and then produce it and get it to the point where it's like a high quality. And then also... You need to have somebody that actually understands the topic, whether it's your client or somebody on your team that is that expert that can actually yeah. verify that that's truth. Because chat TV, I don't know if you tested it, but it will it literally like says things like, you know, if you've seen the Ben Shapiro example, it's hilarious. Uh -uh, I haven't seen How it. tall is Ben Shapiro? Five foot seven. He's like, that's not true. Where did you get that source? Oh, we got it off Wikipedia. No, you didn't. I just looked at the Wikipedia. He's like, oh, we got it off your website. No, you didn't. <laughs> it's not on my website. Okay, Ben Shapiro is 5'10". 
Like, so ChatGPT just lied the whole time. Like, yeah. and it's pulling from a database of it, but it's like, that's where people need to not take it as absolute truth right now is where it's at, but it still can be leveraged. And so I think we're moving into that space of qua- uh, quality, but now you have to be uh, quantity as well. Like mm. Alex Hormozzi, like his strategies, right? Mm. He always talks about, like I've been watching a recent podcast where he talked about when he first started business, one of the guys was like, oh, just put out flyers. He's like, okay, cool. He went out and put out 300 flyers and he's like, the guy's like, hey, followed up on them a little bit later. How did it go? I got like one phone call. The guy said I damaged his car, but I didn't really get any phone calls. The guy's like, how many flyers did you put out? 300. He's like, and the guy like kind of laughed. He's like, we put out 5,000 as a test. And then once that test proves like fruitful, we then do 5,000 a day for the entire month. So he's like, hmm, okay, I put out (laughs) 300 and they're putting out 5,000 a day times the whole month you're going to get results, right? And yeah. so I think we're moving into that where, but you can't just put out garbage because yeah. Google has all these things, all these user behaviors. You have to put out for your user, for your who you're actually targeting, high quality stuff. But now I think there is going to be more of a push towards like getting it out quickly in quantity. Shouldn't stress you out. It's just, it's just a way that my brain thinks about yeah. it. It's like you can't just put out one piece a, a week or one yeah. a month. Like you got to start producing and the more you produce the more you put out there you'll it'll start to kind of come back tenfold yeah that's wild that's yeah. that's a lot of pressure on businesses though right because like me we make videos like that's what i do personally is i make a lot of youtube videos and other content on our site and it takes a lot of time and it takes like kind of sucks energy out of you after a while yeah so to be like okay you got to do more yeah well, and to that point too that on that same podcast with him he talked about he had a client that Uh, he's like, so Alex, every 14 days has a day of full content, right? Mm -hmm. And he does a ton of video. And so he brings, uh, so he actually, so anyway, so he, he told the guy, Hey, you need to like stop every 14 days and create content for like your ads and for your organic reach on social and all that. And followed up with him, same principle, but he's like, he's like, Oh, it went great. We did four videos that we're going to do on ads. And he's like, four, four, like, what are you doing? He's like, I do 40. When yeah. I do my day, he's like, I bring five t-shirts, mm-hmm. I switch out and I do 40 on that day of content. So again, but I, the other thing I like about his stuff too, is he focuses less on all the beautiful visuals and everything. And he focuses on the quality of his message and yeah. what he's like the value he's adding. And that's the right way to approach SEO and really any marketing online is if you're focusing on your end user, focusing on the quality, you're going to win. But that's where like, like, why we have careers and why we have jobs is like you can do it with a really sound technical base and it will tenfold. But if you have it like on the wrong platform or structured the wrong way or buried deep within your site and nobody can find it or the bots can't find it, you could have the best content and it's invisible yeah. to the to the masses. And so there's there's a a lot of parts to it. And that's why I, I kind of struggle explaining it to a third grader. Yeah. Um because there's so many moving parts to it. But again this is where I will say as a business owner, be a business owner, like run your team, run your, run your process. But like we can do a lot of the technical stuff that has taken me a decade plus to learn. Like yeah. that's why we have a company is because it does get technical. It does get very robust. Like you can get into like traps, like where you work with maybe somebody that's, that doesn't really care as much. And you're like, 
they buy or purchase 300 links from a PBN and now your site gets hit with it. And then we come in a year later and we're like, oh my gosh, what happened here? We now have to do this whole, we have to clean it all up as best we can, keep seeing how, remove all these bad negative things and then restart, right? Yeah. So you have to really vet it out and and find the right company, the right partnership. Um, that's one of the things that we do. So our, our purpose is human happiness. Mm -hmm. Really at the end of the day is, is we're looking for win-win scenarios and, and that we truly care. Like, and it sounds dumb, but like that's literally the difference between us and a lot of marketing companies is we truly care and we're really looking for that win-win for everybody. Yeah. Like if I can help you double your traffic and double your revenue, like you're gonna start to win more. Yeah. You'll probably get a raise. <laughs> your family's gonna benefit from that. Yeah. If you're winning, I'm gonna win. My family's gonna win. We all can win. And it's that's kind of what we're looking for. That's a human happiness message. So to that point, one of our guarantees that we do because there are a lot of people in the space that claim they know a lot of different things and bless their heart. I'm, maybe they have good intentions. Sure, I can give them the benefit of the doubt, right? But we do, uh, it's a 30 day money back guarantee. Like you can partner with us, work with us for 29 days. And if you absolutely feel like we did not do what we said we we're gonna do upfront, then you get your money back. Mm. Like, and yeah, it's scary for me as a business owner because I have hard costs on all of that, right? And I could literally just lose tons of money. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I have had, I've not had one person actually redeem that because we do what we say we're going to do. We follow up, we do the strategy, all of that. And it's just to give somebody that peace of mind. Like we, we very often work with people that have worked with two, three, four other marketing companies that they were not happy with. Yeah. And then we start working with them, right? So. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I get hit up with that all the time, whether that's LinkedIn or just spam email about, yeah, hey, we're an SEO sense. company. We can help you. We can do all this stuff. And so one of them, I actually like, I wonder where this is going because I just had a conversation with you actually uh, about other, this was a couple of years ago. And so I, I mm -hmm. listened to the guy and he shows me exactly what you've talked about. He's like, we've got this site, check it out. And at the very bottom in the footer, there were like hundreds of links, just hundreds of just random links. He's like, see, so these would all point back to your website. And it seemed like super shady to me. It just seemed a little bit different. And I, again, I didn't understand it. And so I don't know. I think I think those companies are, are out there all the time. And everyone that I've talked to that's interacted with you and every time I've interacted with you, that's what I've been like, not surprised by, but I, I've liked that aspect of it. If it's not like some shady thing that you're going to do, here's yeah. the principles, here's how it works, and here's what we're going to do to and, get that. And we it. haven't been perfect. Like, I'll be the yeah. first one to say it. Like, I'm even thinking of a, a client we've been working with. Um, we kind of dropped the ball for like mm -hmm. almost like two or three months. And he's like, hey, this isn't really working. And I, I dove in. I was like, oh, my gosh. And this was like a year ago. Yeah. And I was like, I can't justify what you paid us the last three months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so we had a call, uh, you know, business owner to business owner. And I was like, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to do six months of free SEO. On top of that, we'll, be, we'll do three three months of paid ads for free. He had to pay for the ads when we did all our management fee. And luckily he gave us that second chance because, you know, we told our we just missed him. We missed adding him to our system that would populate a lot of the task. And then um I think our team just missed stuff. Ultimately that comes back to me if my team is missing stuff. But we ended up doing that and uh we've been doing it for um I think six months now we're into it or nine months. Anyway, so he's actually started paying us again. Um, in that free, we got him like a $40,000 like contract value and then another like $23,000 contract with our paid ads. And then I think, um, another $16,000 one. And so again, he gave us a second chance. We made it right. And I'll always make it right. Like if we 
for some reason drop the ball, which, you know, yeah. cool thing is as you grow business, it starts happening a lot less and a lot less. Yeah. yeah. But as in the growing and scaling phase, you're always going to not be perfect. But I think the core thing about just being a high value person and falling back on your company values is you have to live them from the top down. Like if you drop the ball, you know, and I've had other people where they didn't want to work with us after we dropped the ball and we gave, we gave the money back for the months that we fell short. Right. Yeah. And so it works out that way. It just sounds um, like you're treating people like they should be treated, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a crazy concept. It's yeah. the like I said, the whole purpose of what we're doing is the human happiness thing. Like I truly try to do all I can. And sure, we'll still have in business. You still have disagreements with people, and you know you still try to figure out how you can make it work. And it's just it's anything, any relationship. You just yeah. have to be adults and talk about it. And hopefully, you can get to the point. There's been very few times where I've been able to actually like not get on the same page or not feel like we're both exactly where we need to be. Right. Yeah. And in those situations, I, again, if I know deep down inside that I did all I can do and it's just still not going to make such person happy or whatever, then I can't worry about it. Like yeah. I tried all I can do and we can just move forward, you know? So let's talk money with SEO stuff. Like as a company, what, what is a decent budget? And again, I know it depends on the goals and stuff, but if I go in company I worked for was like, we're going to spend $500 a month on SEO. And basically the company said, okay, we'll write you a blog article every month. And that's kind of all it was. And there was no measurable statistic that yeah. any way that made I would, better. I would run from that stuff. Um, so for us, and we implement like a customized 90 day plan, like the first seven to 10 days of working with you. So mm -hmm. you have like full transparency into what we plan to do. And this, this is all based on your goals too. So like for a local business, our minimum for SEO is like 1500 a month. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's like the sweet spot to start with because anything less than that, it you still can get results sometimes, but it's just going to take way too long, like maybe even like nine months a year at anything less than that to like start to see some fruit. That's what I was. They're like, you were on page twelve, and now you're on page eleven and a half. And it was like, oh, see, and that doesn't matter because you, <laughs> you need to be on page one, or it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But I get looking at KPI. So, like for local, like if you have a local audience, like a local lawyer or medical office or whatever, mm -hmm. like fifteen hundred a month is our starting. Um, if you're going like more national, um, like so, if you have like like. Because healthcare, I don't know if yeah. are you guys like all over the US. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So national, you're probably looking at like starting like more like like three thousand a month, like to really start to like move the needle. But in certain situations, like if you're saying, Hey, we just want to focus on Utah, Idaho, and Nevada, yeah, then if that's the campaign we're working on, there's still gonna be global changes that we make on your site, like site speed and some other things that are gonna benefit everyone. But like our content strategy might just be focused on those three regions, right? That and, we can, and what is that fifteen hundred? Just we'll talk local one now. But what does the fifteen hundred dollars get? Like, what does that entail? So again, everything is based on that ninety plan, so it's customized. Yeah. But usually, when you start, you'll like the first seven to ten days, we'll put together that ninety day strategy. We'll do in depth keyword research, um, so that you'll under we'll understand like what we're targeting. Um, and then once we have another, like our second meeting, we'll go into like the keyword mapping and actually take those keywords and group them to specific pages. So now every page on your website now has a target mm -hmm. as where a lot of strategies are like that bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Did it stick? Right. And so we alleviate that cause we want to take a sniper rifle and do it for every single page. So we yeah. break it down that way. Um, and then 
And then from there, um, depending on the need of the business, let's say there hasn't been a lot of trust built or other things like that, we might then like move into outreach or things like that. So, I mean, high, high level, the easiest way to explain it because um, the easiest way to explain it is because we are customized is it does come back to hours worked. Mm-hmm. And so our average is around like $150, $200 an hour. Yeah. And so like if our senior developer has to go in and like rebuild parts of your website, obviously a senior developer is going to cost more than if it's a an intern doing something else. But like yeah. we have an internal system. Uh, we actually use Harvest. It's a, okay. the time tracker. And everyone's rate is different, right? So like if our, like there are some things like that an intern can set up or get started or create different sheets or different things like that that we're mm-hmm. starting in our strategy. If they're doing that, then obviously it's going to, you're going to get more work done or more. It's not going to like, everyone's hourly rate is not 200, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, it works in our system. And that's the, kind of the best way to explain it. Um, I really like how you said the sniper rifle. And you mentioned it on the real estate thing too, of like I buy and sell real estate. And I think that this is what hopefully people can understand with SEO is that if you're in, an, if you're in a space, take real estate, and you're like, oh, I want to rank with people looking to buy and sell homes. It's like, <laughs> that's going to be really expensive, really competitive, and it might take some time. But if you can hone in on I do distressed properties or I do foreclosed properties in Draper, like the more honed in on that keyword that you get, then I think the more successful you're able to take that keyword and mm-hmm. and do yeah. something with it. Yeah, the best the best partnerships that we have are the business owner or the marketing team of that business that are very dialed in on what they want and they have a vision for what they want. Like mm-hmm. we incorporate and why we do more of a customized strategy is we want to know who Eric is, what Eric's goals are, what your company goals are, and you know what maybe areas you make. If you got more leads in a specific service, you tend to make more margin. Cool. We want to double down on that, right? Yeah. And so if you know what you want and what you need help with, but you don't know how to get there, and you're going to be actively involved with us, that's great. We still have a whole team that can do all the fulfillment. So we're not partnering with you and making more of a workload for you. Yeah. But we still need your vision for your company. And right. so the ones that we struggle with are the ones that it's like, it, it. I want more sales. Well, it's just like, hey, we've created 10 pieces of copy based on our initial conversations. Can you approve them? Mm. And then it just, Never hey, happens. can we, like, it just, it's, you know, we get stuck in this spot and it's, yeah. it is harder, right? And so as, as a, a business owner, I get, I'm, the class, I'm the biggest bottleneck in my company. That's why I remove myself out of a lot of processes and systems. Um, and even getting on the podcast, no, you, you had to hunt me down for a while, right? So it just, it it is what it is. But yeah, the ones that are kind of actively involved that are wanting to like understand what we're doing and what's happening. And I don't need them to spend extra time, but those are the partnerships where we understand and then we can get to that sniper rifle approach, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the other big thing too is every person, and and this is, this is something that I offer right now is is we do a, a like free consultation discovery call. Like yeah. you can go to my LinkedIn right now and book it. You can go to our website, and a lot of the call to actions are booking that call with me. We can chat for half an hour. I can learn about your business, and it even if you are a brand new ecom business, like dude, I will talk with you for a half an hour and give you a whole roadmap of stuff that you can implement on your own. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, come back to me in three months or six months and we'll see where you're at. Like, and the, the biggest thing on those, those discovery calls is again, get to know the person, get to know their business and their goals. And then one of the things that I've always kind of um, based my entire model on 
is at that point then with my decade plus of experience, I step back, holistically look at the whole picture and then recommend either we can help you here, we can help you here, or hey, you're too early. Or, you know, a lot of times too, it's like, hey, SEO sounds like SEO would be a great fit for you. But before you spend a dollar on SEO, your website is so bad. Yeah. We need to rebuild your website mm -hmm. and then we can start SEO in three months. As a business for me, it doesn't make as much sense because I'm not collecting that reoccurring revenue yeah. up front. But to that business owner, that's what they need. <clears throat> they need that foundation first so that when we actually invest into the dollars, it will compound way faster than if you stayed on that original tech. And yeah. that was one thing I picked at previous companies I worked at is you know, when I was like a director or an SEO fulfillment strategist, it's like we'd get a new new client, new partner and be like, dude, their website's horrible. I can't do a lot with it. And it's like, we'll just do that for a couple months and then we'll talk about a new website. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like it's just backwards. Yeah. So that's one of the things. So like, you know, a lot of times, you know, depending on your budget or if you have it, if you have budget, doing SEO and paid is great. They like work together we can actually get data from the paid side especially on like google ads mm -hmm. of keywords that are converting and we can double down on ranking those organic and so now you have more real estate on the first page for we know that a keyword that is driving high quality leads yeah right but if you don't have the budget and maybe you only have three months of budget and you need to start selling to keep the business running i'm not going to tell you to do seo yeah do paid ads like let's dump like let's rent our traffic as best we can pull it in and start converting as fast as possible. I also talk with other business owners like, I don't have the backend infrastructure that if we got too many leads, we would break. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then SEO might be a great route because it is that over time sustained growth. It's compounding month over month. Yeah. Right. And so um, it just depends on where you're at. Um, I think this is so cool. And, and there was a job that I was interviewing for several years back. And so you need to talk about that consultation thing. And I reached out to you. I don't know if you remember this, but I reached mm -hmm. out to you. I was like, Hey, I'm going into this job. One of the areas that they wanted to focus on for this role was SEO. And I had, that's not my, my deal, right? As I mentioned, I'm in different marketing spheres. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to you and you kind of did that holistic, just real quick. Here's what this, here's what I see. Here are the keywords that would be good. Take it and run with it. And I think that in my current job too, doing that. So giving them that 30 minute consultation that doesn't cost anything, what we've noticed, and, and we actually get paid in a different way, but we've noticed that people see like, okay, I know how to do everything now, but there is no way I want to do everything right now, right? Mm -hmm. It almost like becomes overwhelming once they see everything that has to go into that, that it makes it even better for you that they can, I mean, you outline like, here's what yeah. you need to do, but can you do that? Yeah. And th that's one piece. Of it. The other one is just like, be a good person, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. it's car like karma. I yeah. believe in like, karma is real like mm -hmm. if somebody if it's too early or they don't have the money like i will tell them you're too early yeah or hey let me or a lot of times after that call i'll be like i don't even necessarily know what the best direction is right now i'm going to go do a further website analysis i think that's what i did with you yeah. to find specific points that you can now implement on your side and great if you take it and run with it cool i'm sure by me helping you out more stuff came my way yeah cool yeah. right mm -hmm. and it that's just how it is. I And yeah, as I continue to grow and keep doing new things, I'm sure my time is going to be less, but that's where like, maybe you don't have a direct call with me, but yeah, like that's one thing I'm focused on right now in Q1 and Q2 is building out our internal sales system um, to where like I could technically remove myself from my business for three months and it would still grow. Yeah. That was one of the things that 
I went to, uh, I'm part of a, a coaching group called Arte with and, uh, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet. Mm-hmm. And dude, I mean, when you talk about scaling a business and Ed Milet's almost a billionaire is one. Andy, yeah. Andy Frisella is running First Form, which is uh, who knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Like that's the place to be. Yeah. But I remember sitting in, like it was, there was like four of us and talking in a circle with Andy. And I was like, hey, I have some, some of these ideas and some of this stuff and da 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 And I was like, NFTs and the timing and all this. And he's like, He's like, can your core business continue to grow without you for three months? And I was like, no, there's no <laughs> yeah. chance. It can, I, we can sustain it because the yeah. cool thing is my team right now that's behind me is phenomenal. Yeah. Like my my director of SEO, um, he, I would say that he could probably challenge me and beat me on SEO stuff, which is so cool. I've never had yeah. that in in my company when I first started the first couple of years, but that's one of the things that we're really focused on is getting to this part where I can technically remove myself when we still grow. And then now I have a real business, right? Yeah. You don't just own a job or, or some yeah. of these things. So anyway, it's just, it's just cool. And, and be a good person, provide value and, and be grateful. Like that's yeah. really what it all comes down to. Like you don't need to overthink all these things yeah. and be like, well, I'm going to spend a half an hour of my time. Eric owes me $500 because that's what I'm worth. Like, yes, yeah. I get there's that part of business. You can't let people take advantage of you and certain things like that. But, you know, I'm always happy to chat. That's why where we're at right now, it's just like if you have questions, if you have anything, like hit me up. I'll DM you back. I'll yeah. take my time to go over anything and give you pointers. And if it's not the right time or you don't need help or whatever, then it's all going to come back and it's cool, you know? Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. One one, because I think it falls right in line with what you've experienced now is our kind of vision of man games, right? Of Ours is phrased a little different. It's don't be an ass, but yeah. <laughs> it's basically like be a good person. And yep. connecting with with guys in this instance, it's a, I don't know, healthy male bonding in a way and, and helping each other out any way that we can. And so you've been a sponsor the two times you've been in 100,000 thank yous to you. I mean, that was just, you're, that's yep. awesome. And it's great having you there. And helping people understand what you do there because we do have business owners in there and it may not be today that they reach out but as long as they can see this and be familiar with you and know what you do i think that there's a lot of opportunity for you to help people Mm -hmm. and that's why i love having you there so yeah and it's it's cool too because it's a it's a situation where you're learning who the other men in the room are like their core values and who they what they stand for before you even talk business right And that's the right approach to business. Yeah. Like you shouldn't just go into it and being like, okay, I know Eric, he's a good guy. And okay, but how do I get into his wallet? Like it, <laughs> yeah. that's not how anyone. There's not a lot there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but that's that's not how people should operate, yeah. right? It yeah. just It's just cool. It just gets us together. We're bonding. And then the competition part of man games is what I love like. I remember one of the putts I was doing, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, in the I, highlight I, video. I had, I it might have been that one yeah. or that one. I I think that one. I, I was actually frustrated because I've been yeah. doing pretty bad that whole day. But <laughs> it's just like, it's like everyone took a putt, and you're the last one. It's like you got to make this, and yes, it's like a four foot putt, and I should make this. But like, if I don't do it, then we get an extra stroke, yeah. and you know, you feel that pressure, yeah. and it's like. Like I, yeah, I did uh, do um, some college sports and stuff, but like really where like I had pressure, pressure moments was like high school. Right. Mm -hmm. And I still remember like uh, one of the field goals that I kicked in Northridge, I think to get to the next round of the playoffs, it was, it was a tie game. And I, I still remember that whole moment, like standing up to kick the ball 
And I was like, they'd call a timeout and like, you guys can't ice me. Whatever. And and to that point, Damron, I remember like, you know, yeah, Kenneth, yeah. like right before the the kick or whatever, he's like, like, don't get up, Blaisdell. <laughs> and I was like, Thanks, dude. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, but I'm like, I'm good. Like I was confident. Yeah. I'm like, I got this. Timeout iced me, didn't, you know, timeout, I didn't feel anything. And then when I was lined up and I'm like, holy crap. They don't have any more timeouts. <laughs> this is I'm the one. kicking the ball right now. Like in and my <laughs> leg started shaking yeah. a little bit. You feel that nervous, kicked in, luckily made I think I only made it by a few feet. But yeah. it was that same type of thing, like, oh my gosh, my whole entire team has putted and missed. Yeah. I have to make this. And I loved that. Like yeah. that's kind of like you talked about, like getting that like pressure of like yeah some people hate it some I people hate it. that feeling i love that oh feeling. i feed yeah. on it and yeah. i love it even like with with business i love it too like where it's like oh man wow i have been operating really fat or we have a lot of expenses like i better go go get some stuff done and yeah. your back's against the wall and yeah you can curl up on the ball which you know as a business owner you do sometimes you <laughs> curl up in, the, in the fetal position but you can only be there for a few minutes and you have to yeah. get up and so i really uh uh, feed on that like feeling and such man games like more than once has <laughs> i've had that feeling where it's like i gotta do this and then eventually after like the first and second day you're in like fifth place and <laughs> the pressure goes away and all the other superior athletes yeah. are uh <laughs> above you but i think that pressure though it does a couple of things one when you succeed it feels great like i delivered when people counted on me or when i was really hoping that for myself that i would pull through but then you fail like i've had so many times that I failed and I think that that really illuminates okay when pressure's on where am I weak you may be able to hide your weaknesses if you're just playing rec ball or if you're doing stuff that doesn't really matter to you but when pressure's on in sports especially but then also in business you mentioned how you kind of dropped the ball with that one client it kind of reveals things where okay now I know that I need to work on this mm -hmm. and now it's fixed that weakness can become a strength that you yep. wouldn't have found if you weren't put in that really difficult position and I try to do that with my kids right they just my daughter wanted help with math. And so she's like, I don't get this question. I was like, well, read it to me. And so she wanted me to give her the answer. I was like, I'm never going to give you the answer, but I'll kind of ask questions mm -hmm. to help you see it because that's how she's going to be able to grow. And I, I don't know. I think that that's kind of the fun part about pressure. Yeah. And, I, and, and yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like that's, that's when you do like you never, and to your point, I don't think you actually ever fail, right? I don't. I have so, a short memory, so I don't remember. I'm sure that you, theoretically. You, but how you said oh, it, yeah, you yeah, fail, yeah. you learn from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you learn yeah. where you can get better. So yeah. you look at ed, ed, any failure as, okay, yeah. sweet, where can I get better? What can I do? And you kind of move past it. But yeah, like, that is that is the fun part about man games is it's like, yeah. I got to get this. I got to do this. And and uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a cool aspect. And it, a lot of us too, because, you know, when you start having a family and start getting into your career, like you lose that competitive mm -hmm. edge, which dude, that's like, I look back at high school, not my best days, I guess, as far <laughs> as like, I wish I was there again, Yeah, but sports wise. Yeah. I look back on the sports all the time. Like, yeah. dude, that was so fun yeah. that we got to do this or like going back and like, Dude, I always go back to this story. I scored the own goal in the state <laughs> championship game as a sophomore uh. <laughs> and like, Dude, yeah. I still remember that that was a situation and like that was always uh, my uh, pocket talk that I would always yeah, have. But yeah. the cool thing with that, because I, I still remember like I can go back there right now and hear the crowd <sighs> and I just kicked it in my, like I didn't kick it, but I kicked it, it spun off my foot. 
Travis was coming out, it like popped over his head and it rolled in the goal uh -huh. like so slow. And I still remember the crowd and just like that pit yeah. and just, oh my gosh. And the cool thing that I always like with that that story is um, my team rallied behind me. Mm -hmm. Nobody gave me crap for it. Like nobody said like, dude, you just lost as a championship, whatever. Like we were down 1-0 at halftime because of my <laughs> mistake. My coach didn't even like, yeah. didn't even talk to me and say like, hey, you need to play better or do this or you're coming out. Yeah. Like just full confidence, whatever. We ended up winning 2-1. I didn't have to transfer schools or anything. <laughs> but like in other countries you'd be killed. <laughs> I know. So luckily we won, everything worked out, but it was just that moment like and I I had a shaky kind of moment right after that too cuz I was like in my head about it and I was like okay, just after halftime reset and I feel like I came out and played yeah. good in the second half, but you know, it's those moments in man games too like like golfing especially like yeah the first nine holes i think i was pretty horrible last time we played <laughs> and i was frustrated because i had been practicing golf yeah. uh but the back nine I, I came in and like we got an eagle on i can't remember what hole it was but i did the first two shots i'm yeah. like yeah dude i like i got it on the i got it on the green <laughs> in yeah. two shots on a par five which was really cool for me and that felt so good that was like sweet the last six months of playing golf yeah paid off in that one hole and like it was cool. And then there's other times where like, you know, I miss and I can count on Snar or yeah. Bobby or Cody. Um, and like it's really fun. I really love that story though, because from the, with the first man games that you came to, golf was the event. <laughs> and you played a little bit before, I think, just to try and Barely, like figure yeah. it out. Yeah. And then you played, and then after you're like, I'm going to get good at golf. And then so yeah. for that six month time, like I've seen all your posts, like I'm going to get better at golf. And you did. Like that's that's a really cool. Yeah, and I, I'm still, uh, I think the best I've ever shot on nine holes was a 44, mm -hmm. which was way better. Like, I was probably shooting a 120 <laughs> on average. And then I, I think that I don't think I've shot below a 90 yet. You'll but get there. I, it's, I, I love yeah. it. And even yeah. like basketball, it's like, you know, I know my role in basketball because I haven't, pl I don't play. I'm yeah. athletic. I'm going to go grab a rebound and play <laughs> defense. Yeah. But like, that's why, like, when we played, you know, in our, our game yeah. and in man games and stuff. Bobby shoot, snar shoot. Yeah, I'll I know my role. I'll play defense. I'll hustle and I'll grab the I'll get the rebound and give it yeah. to my scores. You know, because I haven't shot consistently. Yeah. As we're back in high school and stuff, I feel like I could actually play and yeah. score, and that's what I did in all our like rec <laughs> leagues and stuff like that. But no, I love having fun. you there, man. I love having you there at Man Games. Spring's coming up. I don't know if you're planning on it or not, but yeah, yeah we need it. I don't think we've talked about. It. I haven't really reached out to anybody. I've just been. Been, been uh, in your world. Yep. End of April, 28th and 29th. So I think we're going to try, we're going to cap it at 16 teams. How many have we got signed up so far? We had nine teams sign up in the first like 14 hours. So we're at like nine teams right now, but then there are several that are saying that they want to come in and they're just getting their team together. All right. So. Well, if you're listening, you better get signed up <laughs> yeah. because it, everyone's going to join after, after this. So, okay. I want to shift a little bit to kind of like goofy random stuff and we'll get back into deep stuff. If you're cool with that, these came through yep. Instagram. Most of them should be pretty quick. I think. Do you believe in magic? A hundred percent. And you might think that's goofy, but like I took that as like manifesting okay, yeah. and meditation and actually like dictating the world around you to yeah. get the results you want. Yeah. And to me, that is magic. And I've gone over a huge growth period the last year when it comes to all that. And I still catch myself being, man, this is crazy or that's that's wild. But really, it's not. Yeah. It's not crazy. It's not wild. Like literally, I vision that 
for my life and for the things that now it's happening. And so, yeah, to me, that is magic Perfect. when it comes out. That's the first thing that came to my mind. So, so I yes, I do believe in magic. Because the first time that came to mind was like pulling a coin out of the air or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that you took it in a much better yeah. way. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Favorite, uh, mint chocolate chip. That's right. easy. Is cereal a soup? No. <laughs> There's no. What is the sexiest letter in the alphabet? Sexiest letter in the alphabet. I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a B. Okay. Start my last name, and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's so. Jared Taylor Dance, who was at Man Games. Yeah. We just talked about this. We went to lunch this last week, and so he was coaching the kids in baseball, and he was like the three Bs, and so he was like ball, base, backup. I was like, man, your three Bs are way different than my three Bs. <laughs> so we just, so I've ruined the three Bs for him. But B is a great letter. Yeah. Strangest fact that you know that others don't. Strangest fact. Hmm. Those are always tough to come up with, like, yeah, quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can come back to that one. Maybe we'll. I'll just okay. not. I'll not force it. I'll let it flow in. If it happens, we'll come okay. back to it. What mythical creature would improve the world most if it existed? Hmm. I'm going to go. Uh, so, again, I've been getting into, like, a lot of, like, your spirit animals and stuff. Yeah. And my wife, her spirit animal is, like, a phoenix. Mm. And my wife's just powerful and amazing. So that's the first thing that hit my okay. head is if there was more of her type and the phoenix, the mythical creature, the phoenix, that could improve. I like it. A lot. What's the weirdest thing you've seen in someone else's home? Please don't say my home right now. <laughs> no, now I'm looking around like, <laughs> yeah. what is it? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what uh, what PG is this? Oh, it's whatever you want it to be. I I remember uh, seeing a, a really big dildo one time at someone's home that I had no idea that you'd ever peg for being into that kinky right. stuff in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, make sure you put it away in your drawers if you do do have one. Yeah. <laughs> What sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Golf. <laughs> I, I love the golf videos. If you've seen like uh, Bob does sports, yeah, they're yeah, freaking yeah. hilarious. Like they do the hot wing challenge. We should incorporate that into man games at some way. That should be fun. But then they do the ones where they take have to take a shot or beer like every hole. Mm, it just those, I watch those whole videos. They're hilarious because you can't play golf when you get past a certain point. Yeah, but also. Maybe it actually takes the edge off a little bit and you play better. I've, there are so. several people I know where they get, there's like the in-between where you're buzzed, but you're not hammered, where they play better because they're loosened up and they aren't focused so much on all of the yeah. all the stuff. I have thought about doing an eating contest at Man Games. It makes me a little bit nervous. You, So context that, I've won two eating contests in my life. In what? Like what were you eating? Hot dogs okay. and an eggnog challenge. Oh, God. Both were at Entrada. Um, so I actually tied the eggnog or the hot dog challenge with the guy that had won the last four years in a row. Nice. And was it uh, the Joey Chestnut? Oh, no, or was it no, the Entrada? It was, a, it was an employee. Okay, so like, okay. I can't remember what time frame it was, but I ate like 13 hot dogs in like five minutes or something Jeez. like that. And it was like full bun and they were like J dog styles. They were big. Mm. And dude, after that, like it, it felt good to win. I think I won like 300 bucks, but I got so sick. I got... A massive headache. I like couldn't like work anymore, and I had to go home. And then the eggnog one, uh, that one was pretty 
it was it was a gallon challenge of eggnog, Jeez. and because you can barely drink milk, eggnog's worse. But yeah. so they the rule was you had to drink, um, as much as you can of a gallon, and then you had to over it was like thirty minutes or something, and then you had to hold it down for five minutes mm. without throwing up, and then you were the winner. So we had a lot of people drink too fast and throw up. Yeah. And so, and I know other people, like other companies and stuff I've heard where people are hospitalized with eggnog. So I'd be very careful with that. But anyway, like <laughs> I ended clever. up, I ended up drinking three fourths a gallon of eggnog in the time. And the next guy, it was me and another guy that didn't throw up. And, <laughs> and he only drank like half a gallon. And then it was a five minute countdown. And it was like, Five, four, three, two, one. It's like you won. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like a hose, dude. And so, and then I, that one, yeah, I couldn't drink eggnog for like three years. Do you are you the same way with hot dogs? No, I was I was fine with that. Yeah. But that that the hot dogs one, I got way more like pounding headache, like yeah. laying on the floor, like miserable. Yeah, because you didn't. I didn't throw it up. Yeah, I like actually had to process all of it. And it anyway. So was, it would be it would be. It would be fun for sure, but you'd have to like, it would for sure have to be like end of a day, maybe like to wrap up. The end of man games. You couldn't do athletic events after it potentially. Like you might be knocked sure. out, you know? That's what I was thinking. Like if I got four pizzas for each team, and so each team has, each player has a pizza theoretically, and then there was a time limit of who could finish the pizzas and, the fastest. And maybe that's where it is. It's yeah. It wouldn't be, you wouldn't eat like more than, and you'd get sick. It would, might yeah. just be like a speed eating contest. Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. Because like, like hot dogs. So I remember when I was a kid, I was at my cousin's house and he had cold hot dogs in the fridge. And so I was like, uh, he had eaten cold hot dogs. I was like, oh, sweet. I can eat cold hot dogs. And so I ate like three cold hot dogs. Then I can't eat hot dogs after that. It like ruined it for me. <laughs> Because <laughs> after the third one, I don't know if we had a dare or something, but the third one I'm like forcing down. I was like, oh, I can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah, I think a speed one would work, not like one where – and you'd have to do a time limit enough so somebody wouldn't like get sick after yeah. it. But yeah, that would be fun because like the hot dogs, I remember – and it's like you know how when you come across a situation, your brain like finds that – one memory you watched a video one time and it's like yeah. so i started dipping my buns into water so i'm like oh, I, you know <laughs> you know like i know what i'm doing and yeah. actually i'm doing it the right way but that could be a fun one so do you think that's your proudest moment uh that was my highest earnings of petty cash in a year and it was like it was i think that year i won i won both my fantasy football leagues which mm -hmm. ha i don't even know if i've won since <laughs> and then i won two i, I made like 1300 dollars in wow. just like uh, those few competitions. So I was I was pretty proud that year, and that was early on in my life. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's a sweet story. If you were arrested and you called a friend or family member, what would they assume you did before you told them? I'm trying to think. I, the first person that I would that that I knew it, that I would call would probably be Chad. Yeah, I would call. Chad wouldn't even care what I did. He would. Yeah, Chad would be the person that's like, "Hey, dude, I need to go hurt somebody that hurt my family." He'd be like, "When are we going?" You know, is that what he would assume would happen if you just call a chat? I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in prison right now. I did something, but you got to guess what it was. It may, maybe with Chad. So I, I did hit Chad with the vehicle back in the day. <laughs> so maybe he thinks that it was like a hit and run or something, but okay. we'll go with a hit and run. Perfect. If you went back 400 years without anything on you, how would you prove that you were from the future? Man, that, these are deep questions. That you so we're like sixteen hundred and twenty-three. 
I would like, I can't think of anything that would maybe immediately prove anything unless I'd be wearing something that they, some technology like my watch that didn't exist. Um, the long-term play would be, I guess, just show them and like dominate in business. And like, how did you come with all these ideas? Well, they already happened. I just knew <laughs> yeah. all these things. Like that's the well, thing that I think you were a wizard or something. You yeah. probably get like burned. <laughs> that's what would be so hard about 400 years ago. Is yeah. I just thought anything was yeah. crazy. All right. A couple more goofy ones. Then we'll be- get back into the real stuff. Would you rather lose your memory? So you couldn't remember the past. You could just remember from today forward or lose your legs forever. Wow, that's a good one. Um, man, I think you'd have to choose your legs because, like, your memories. It's who you are. That's that's your identity. That's yeah. your relationship with your – like, I'd rather have the same relation with my wife and my kids and have no legs than not know who they are. Yeah. Like, that's easy if I put it in that, concept, yeah. that context. Um, how <laughs> How well do you know Eric? the audience would like you to prove it on a cold winter's eve when eric rushes outside to the music coming from an ice cream truck what ice cream does he order and does he pay an exact change or tip i i would see i you would pay a tip um the ice cream that you would choose i could see and this is this is a summer day obviously i yeah i would hope so So it it says on a cold winter's eve so this person already doesn't know me well because i am not getting ice cream in the winter so we're going to change this to summer. To summer. Um, what are, I, the one I keep thinking of is the the like the Fourth of July one, like the long, the red, white, and blue thing. Yeah. All right. Is that I, so? I clearly I don't. I haven't like I haven't been to an ice cream truck in probably thirty years, <laughs> I don't, so I have no idea what flavors or, there are. But that's, that's maybe you go for like the Superman ones that have the gumball in it. Ooh, Do you remember those be ones? Good. Yeah, those yeah. ones are that'd be solid. Legit, so that doesn't. So maybe you could share like how we know each other. Yeah, so me and Eric knew each other in high school. Um, the thing is, just like kind of we're in different marketing industries, we were in different sports. Yeah, you know. So sophomore year, we both played football, mm-hmm. and I think you were actually our sophomore quarterback. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was also doing like full time club soccer, so I think I didn't play anything else other than kick and punt. If I remember, I can't really remember because yeah. my senior year, then that's when I started playing corner and safety. Yeah. Um, so we were always like new of each other and we're mm-hmm. friendly and friends and stuff, but we, you always had, uh, like some other friends from other high schools. So yeah. did I, but it's like, they were different high schools cause you were connected to Hillcrest yeah. and I hung out with like more like Alta or Brighton kids. Um, but yeah, so we just knew each other from high school and from, from sports and yeah, yeah always just had a, I always, I always liked you. Yeah. Hopefully you always liked me. No, I like, it was yeah. always kind of like a. To your point, I think of like one of those circle diagrams, right? That kind of overlap in a little mm-hmm. bit. And so we had those sports that interlapped, but it, like our friend circles were similar but different. And so yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a yeah a lot of time spent. I don't think in high yeah, school. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten to know you way more yeah. because of man games. Yeah, and that's the cool thing too is is we've been connected since high school, but yeah. now we've finally gotten to know each other more on a personal because of man games. So yeah. it's cool. No, I dig it. Uh, when picking your man games team, do you go for brains over beauty? Meaning, would you rather have partners with more athleticisms or smarts, and why? I think historically, I mean, I don't. We didn't. I didn't really even pick our teams. We just kind of like naturally formed. I think I more have got invited into our teams. Yeah. Um. But going forward, you would. 
I would tend to like if I were picking a team for, to try to win, it would be athletic because there's a lot more athletic stuff. I feel like, although maybe that could be something that we that you look at is maybe add more of the brain stuff in there. Yeah, we got trivia coming yeah. up in spring. So the trip that and that that was funny because that was the part of man games that completely shifted. Right, <laughs> yeah. the teams that were maybe on the bottom totem pole of the yeah. athletics like whooped everyone at the brains. Yeah. So. Those buzzers, timing on those buzzers. Is yeah, important. that was hard. Is it the same buzzers? <laughs> yeah. We got, yeah. Maybe we got to get a new tech or something. Well, and and somebody brought this up too. I think it was John who was saying like we could do – who was it? John? Somebody said like let's give him the ACT. <laughs> I was like, oh, that would be so awful. <laughs> that, would be, that would be pretty funny though. Yeah, but something like that where it's like a standard test that the team has a certain amount of time. That way the buzzers aren't coming into play because a lot of people knew the answers but they couldn't buzz in or whatever else. So. No, that actually – I could see that working. So we might we might do that. We'll see. We'll see where that yeah. goes. Um so let's let's dive back a little bit back into business and then into life. So I thought of this as as you were coming over and as we've talked in the past of you made that decision of going and starting your own thing and in your case you were kind of like taking clients small clients um when you could. But people out there are probably wrestling with that decision of should I start my own business? When would it make sense? Do I? When should I dive all in and be ready to quit my day job versus keeping something just for a security reason? Like, what advice would you give to people who are wanting to start their own business? Yeah, the the answer is it's different for everyone, and that's one thing that I've learned. And I'm actually going to be starting a podcast probably soon. Is I do want to share the stories of different people how they started. It's literally different for everyone, mm-hmm. and there's not a right or wrong way. I think the bigger, more important thing is when you do decide to start is you just, you go, you go all in on it. And Mm -hmm. if that means, cause a lot of people too will say like, Oh, if it's a side hustle, you can't go all in. I get what they're saying, but like there are going to be certain situations where you have bills and a wife and kids and you can't just go all in with no revenue. So you need to go on on your side hustle until you have one. And so I think it's different for everyone, um, and and the other thing too, um, which is one of the, one of the things I'm actually gonna be doing. I'm creating a mastermind actually right now to launch ten businesses for people, because mm. I think just with for me growing from zero to seven figures, because we just barely hit a million dollars top line revenue last year. Nice. Um, I've learned a ton, and also just like the tech stack you have to put together the business plan, the marketing plan, like if you have all of that, like if, you, if you're if you somebody who's had an idea to start a business and maybe you're hesitant, you don't have to like quit everything. Also, there's people within my company that I'm encouraging them and they have started side hustles or businesses, but they're more of an entrepreneur type. They want to be at a startup where they're still impacting our company a lot, but they don't necessarily want to be the, the front line that is on the floor curled up in the fetal position. Like, how am I yeah. going to make payroll this this time, right? Yeah. Like, I got to make something happen or have all that pressure and taxes and all that stuff. They might just want to... So there's there's so many different ways you can go about it. And so it's different for everyone. So it, deep down, you know. Like, if you trust yourself, you have all the answers within. And so you'll know when it's right. You'll yeah. literally get pushed off the cliff if that's what it needs to be to get you started. Um, but I would just seek other other references, other business owners, other people and get advice and kind of get some of those cheat codes. And then, but at the end of the day, don't just ask 20 people like you, 
you yourself know inside when it's right for you to jump. You'll, yeah. you'll feel it, and you'll have that peace and comfort, and you'll go with it. But there's not a right or wrong way, right or wrong way to do it. I love that, and I think too, like as I think through, for whatever reason, keyword research came into my mind, and so it's like if you have an idea, you need to know if there's a market for that, and then and money is life, right? So you have to know what can you live on. What are your obligations again to family or to mortgages or whatever else? And then is what you're thinking, is there a big enough market for you to get to your goal of sustainability there? And so it's kind yep. of like... And that's exactly exactly like in a mastermind, we will go through all of those things yeah. because you might have an idea and it might be your passion, but maybe your passion doesn't translate to real world revenue and dollars yet. Yeah. So you do need to have a profit, you know, a profit business, yeah. whether that is your night, full nine to five job and that's how you pay your bills then 100% go all in on your passion one, but you probably can still keep your full-time job. Yeah. If, you know, and so 100%, you need to go through that. And so um, that that's one thing that I've definitely learned and I feel like I can help any with. And dude, I talk with, I don't even know how many business owners, different businesses every week, like 10 to 20 consistently yeah. for like the last, you know, two and a half, three years. And then with all just the, mar- it's just, I feel like I could help somebody in that spot and that's why I want to do it it's like a give back like I want to like help you through that because I also know there's probably a ton of people that have been thinking about starting something for years and that's also the situation you want to get in you don't want to just be the person that just thinks and thinks and thinks and has ideas like if you have an idea let's let's hash it out let's execute it and let's get it started yeah you know there's I think there's a lot of joy and fulfillment that comes from that. And, I, and I'm just going to speak from a man games perspective because that's the context of this, but to take like this idea of let's get together with a group of guys and go play a bunch of sports and see who's the most athletic to now, where, as I mentioned, like our, our previously we limited it to eight teams and we had eight teams in the first nine hours and we're at nine teams after 12 or 14 hours or whatever it is. And so like, that's been fun to have an idea and then see it happen. So whoever's listening to this, like if you have an idea, I think there are ways to do it. Just yeah, and, be smart about and it. in your situation, you didn't. You, this is not like man games. Is not. I know for a fact it's not your profit business because right. if you did, you guys would be living probably on the street in a box. You yeah. know what I mean? Just because you're investing so much of the money that we put into it, back into growing it, um, the the quality of the product that you get, like yeah. the the man games, the one that I asked you about. The backpack? I asked you about it because yeah. I accidentally left it at the airport behind the security, and I was like, I don't know what brand back. It says man games on it. <laughs> yeah. Because I had it, an employee had to go grab it, and luckily yeah. they found it. had all my stuff in it. But, yeah. like, the quality of products you get, um, which I'm big on, like, you know the events you go to, and you just get, like, the garbage. promo garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And so just, like, I know Eric's not – you're not making – I, I have yet to make a profit. Yeah, exactly. So it all goes back to everybody. Exactly. He's so. just worried. That, this is your passion. This yeah. is something you're you're doing it for a bigger purpose to, to connect people, to bring yeah. other business owners, other men together. And it's really cool because, again, to that context, this is one of your things you're spending a lot of time on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not something you're making money from. Yeah. And you don't you can start business that way. But I will say Eric keeps up this effort in 10 years he probably is going to be making more money from this than your current profit job. Like it has the potential to blow up to where 
now you have like man games across the US or wherever. I don't know what your vision for it is. No, for real. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what your vision is, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the cool part is that consistent effort compounds. Yeah. And you can, you'll have the ability to take it wherever you want to take it. Like, I don't, I don't think I've heard one person that has been like, oh, man games was not worth the money or it was yeah. a waste of time. Like, dude, everyone loves it. Well, I appreciate and so that. It's I to hear that. Yeah. So I, anyway, going back to that, I think, yeah, it's you'll know and it's right. And if it is a passion business, then make sure you have your, <laughs> your yeah. profit one cranking or your job that's bringing in the money to pay the bills and, yeah. and then go all in on it. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Um, what? Well, let's go off that. What swag item needs to be at the next Man Games in the next Man Games swag bag? Um, for me, I loved uh, that golf stand. Yeah. I was gonna get one, and then yeah. I think I, I think I, I think Bobby or Nate wanted it. I was like, oh, you can have it. It's cool. And yeah. I got the poker chips, but yeah. I, I loved that one just this, because this thing. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I, I because I'm for the camera. There. Yeah, I range, I range sports because there's so many times where and because I'm my office is right by Thanksgiving Point. Yeah. So I'll go over there just for like my lunch or something and go hit a bucket and just to have that and then look at your form. Yeah. You know, it actually makes a huge difference. <laughs> I remember the first time I actually saw myself wakeboarding and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Because I was like super, I was super like squatting way down and, yeah. you know, being more like relaxed and standing up straight. Anyway, I didn't know I was doing that until I saw someone recording me. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And so for me, golf right now, that that was cool. So, but honestly, um, I don't think I've ever gotten anything in the swag boxes that I'm like, dude, this is dumb or stupid. Like it's all been, I, I love the bags. Yeah. I actually use that as like my main gym bag. The one that nice. I think that was from. Two times ago. Two times ago. Yeah. And then the backpack is like my everyday backpack right now. Yeah, I love it. So that's awesome. Yeah, they so I range actually, this is the mini that they came out with, and you okay. can clamp it onto anything. It also has a little tripod. So you think of like putting. Oh, like the cart and stuff too. Yeah, or? you can clamp it on the cart. Um, it's got the little a little tripod. So if you're like putting as an mm-hmm. example, I've used this in pickleball. I've used this like all over the place. So the mini one's pretty cool too. Yeah. I yeah. range sports. I like that one just because uh like I'm getting into golf. What's but. something that you haven't had yet that should be in this swag bag? Um, and I try to think of like what can they use while they're at man games to, to yeah, a certain I, extent. Uh, I like socks, dude. Yeah. I like socks. Like if we can get some cool like man games, like nice. higher socks that are yeah. like swagged out or whatever with the logo on them, that would be cool. All right. I think we did that in 2021. Yeah, I think I'll I have to get those again. Yeah, I don't think I was in that one, but yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Um, what is a new skill that you are learning right now? New skill. I mean, I keep going back to golf. I'm trying to learn that. Um, yeah, golf. I'll just say golf since that's the first right. thing that came to my mind. But what's a book that you're reading right now? A book. So I am. I just read U Squared. Okay. It was a shorter book. Super. You should 100 percent read it. It was. It, it was awesome. It talks about. Um basically quantum growth like making a quantum leap and if you kind of do the same thing that you've always done you're not going to get there um but it's also possible and it's kind of cool because like we've doubled in revenue like business-wise for like every year but i'm like 
yeah, if we doubled again and doubled again, like it still is like a long journey, but why could you not go from X amount to like 10X the growth? And it kind of gets into a lot of those principles and the mindset that you need to have hmm. to do it. But it was, a, it was a quick read. I just actually, I think I'm, I think I just finished it, but nice. that one was a good one. So you, you squared. You squared. Awesome. I'll check that out for sure. Um, when was a time when you were deliriously happy? Deliriously happy? Um, delirious kind of throws it off for me, but I I think like right like honestly like right now, dude, I'm just super happy. Like yeah. it is the and again like over the last year, like I'm learning that I don't need to force things. I don't need to, and I'm such a hard like I'm such a work 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 like put in the work. But like once like the message I've been getting for the last year is like slow down to speed up. And the minute I started kind of slowing down, like, dude, things are just flowing in. And it's crazy. Like, see, this is crazy. It's not crazy. It's <laughs> normal. It's, na- it's magic. <laughs> but uh, it's just cool. It's it's yeah. happy. And me and my wife are in such a good spot. Our kids, like, everything is, like, life is good. Like, I'm, yeah. I'd say right now, talking to Eric on the podcast, yeah, this dude, this is, this the, is, this is the moment. moment that I'm going to peg back. <laughs> that is so cool. What are you most proud of? most proud of um probably my family dude like my my kids man they're amazing yeah i'm gonna get emotional just talking about them (laughs) but yeah they're they're all uh it's cool like so we had boy girl boy girl and um dude each one of them is so different yeah and you see it but they're like have their own powers and strengths and like gifts and uh it's it's so cool. Like being a dad is like the coolest thing yeah. ever. Like for reals. Like and like yeah. So I my kids. If I keep talking, I'm gonna get more emotional. <laughs> I almost teared up. That one got me right off. That caught me <laughs> off guard right there. What is the age range of your kids? Uh, so eight down to almost two. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're pretty evenly spaced. So yeah, eight, six, um, three, uh. Is Easton three? Yeah, he's three. He's almost four and then almost two. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's cool. They're yeah, they have their own gifts. They have their own strengths. Like even even Tinley, our youngest, like me and my wife were talking about today. She's she walks around the house with her little baby and puts her in her stroller. And I'm like, it's so cool to me that like like the our girls tend to be more nurturing and like loving and just have that as we're like dude easton like is so creative he'll sit and play legos for like three hours he doesn't want anyone he's in his own world he's like so creative yeah and he he actually doesn't talk very well yet um and it's funny because like the outside world's like oh my gosh he's not talking or did it i'm like he still speaks in sentences when he wants to but like dude he doesn't care about speaking right now he like is in his creative world and like you know going back to like life and stuff like dude if we could all just create like kids dude we'd all have massive businesses and all these things like if we just stayed in that creative space yeah and that's like where he's at all the time and then like um emery who's my six-year-old daughter she's like super powerful too and it comes to like just how she is like um when it comes to like the the spiritual side or um, just like the super self-confidence. She's like super sassy and like exactly how I want my girl to be. Like yeah. nobody's going to tell her to be able to do anything that she doesn't want to do. Yeah. Like she literally is going to do exactly what she wants to do. And I have full 
like confidence at. And then like my oldest son, Tayson, he is just, and it, it's funny cause like the first and second kid get pegged a lot, but they're pretty similar to that where he's just super sweet. He is always taking care of everyone else around him. Um, and is just super like, he's so self-aware. It's, I have like adult conversation with them and then I'm like, dude, you're eight. And then yeah. I go back to think when I was eight and I'm like, dude, I think I was thinking like candy, <laughs> chocolate, candy, Yeah, you know, and he's, it's just, it's just cool. So I would say the, the most thing that makes me proud is, is that I've done is, is my kids, even though my contribution to that, my <laughs> wife did a lot more. So, um, that's, it's cool. That's so weird with like my, my 10 year old now is I've gotten to that point and it's happened several times over the years where it's like, we just had an adult conversation. Like, when did you get so smart? Yeah. Like, she do you remember being things. that way when you were 10? No, I was just like, I don't remember how that. did you know that? Well, in my, I thought about it a lot because I'm like, dude, how are you guys so smart? Or how do you have these? And I look at it and I'm like, I don't even remember being that age and having those. And I think a lot of it is the technology. Yeah. Because like the, the, I think I remember two videos when I was like under five that I even like can kind of vaguely recall. Think about them with their life, like everything that we record on our phone, like they can go watch yeah. all the memories of their whole life. And so they're actually learning probably at a way faster rate than us because they're not just relying on their memory. They get technology to feed back into that memory bank. And yeah. so they're able to remember, you know, and learn and all these things. And I, that's my theory, at least anyway, because that's the, that's like really the only thing that's different. I think even with us, right? Like I had this passion to learn how to swim and I could look up YouTube videos and there are all these oh, things. Yeah. I could just, and then I could record it and I could get feedback of like, okay, to your point of, yeah. I don't look, I'm not doing what I think I'm doing. I had the same experience with tennis. Like in my mind, I looked like Roger Federer and everything was perfect. And then the first time I had it recorded, I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is not good. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, yeah. Going back to like our parents and grandparents, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's where... A lot of times technology gets a bad rap, but like, I mean, I remember, even remember Daniel the Tiger, dude, he taught <laughs> Taysen emotion. Yeah. Because he he talks about being sad and happy. And I think Taysen was like three or four at the time. And he's like, dad, I'm sad or I'm happy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then we talked and he's like, yeah, Daniel the Tiger. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So the, yeah. the show helped you. So again, there's like good parts of that about it and bad yeah. parts about it. But I think more often than not the media wants you to make you feel like everything's negative. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should have your kids sit on an iPad or watch Netflix for all day or whatever, but yeah. it's cool. That's like the different thing in their life that we didn't have. And, mm -hmm. you know, I watched Barney on VHS. Yeah, mine was, mine was Michael Jordan videos. Like that's what I remember from as early as I can remember. It's just, we had two of them and that's Michael Jordan's playground and Michael Jordan come fly with See, me. And I, and I watched, uh, so I would, I watched the, over and over again, we had the the VHS of the 1998 Super Bowl run for the Broncos. Yeah, and I watched that thing all the time, that's like awesome. just because it was like, <laughs> it, yeah, that's where I was, and I thought it was normal at the time. The Jazz were making it to the NBA Finals every year. Broncos were winning the Super Bowl, Life was and good. then I realized I'm like, wow, this actually doesn't happen that often <laughs> when you go back to it. So that's awesome. We'll, we'll get a couple more. I know you got to be out of here at a certain time. Um, speaking of the kids, how has how did your perception of life in general, as well as your perception of your parents, change when you had kids? Um, a lot. I think you you learn a lot about like kind of recounting your childhood. Because um, my my parents are are awesome, and I think they 
did the best for what they had, right? Um, and kind of just the knowledge and things like that. And uh, yeah, because my dad, early on in my life, when I was like four or five, he had a brain tumor and it affected a lot of things. Like he almost died. He actually did die for like a few minutes. Mm. And uh, my mom at that time, like looking back at it, with having kids now, we had five kids. Right? Me and my wife have four. And I'm just trying to imagine my wife kind of getting, you know, a surgery where she can't do everything that she could and me having to pick up the slack. And so it makes a lot of sense, like looking back on it now, after I've had kids, like how my parents kind of were and how whatever, like my mom just really had to put her heads down and like power through. And like, it's kind of crazy. Like when you look at that type of stuff, right? Cause yeah. it's like, like without having kids, you don't have the context of how much work they are and how much time and effort and energy. And dude, I could not do it without my wife. Like yeah. I, I don't think I could like, but I mean, in a situation, maybe you figured out. And so there's certain things like that, that just gives you so much more perspective and appreciation and, and, um, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the best, most rewarding job, but it also like takes so much energy yeah. and time. Um, but it's also like every second's worth it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, man, we could go really deep, but it's just like <laughs> the meaning of life and everything. And it's hard. Cause it's like, what is all this? But really at the end of the day, it's like, I was talking to my wife, we were on our, our, uh, 75 hard walk last night. And we were talking about, I think the most important thing just is being present in every moment and just enjoying, like, especially with the kids, like my son's eight and it's like, dude, he's going to be out of, he's almost lived, he's lived more than a third of his life with us on the daily basis. Like, I'm like, holy cow, yeah, you know? And so I think just being present every moment and kind of looking back at that and it's like, you know, you're as when you were a kid, it's like. You know, I always remember my parents like supporting me in all my sports and kind of always being there. Um, there's certain things that maybe how you were parented that you do differently. Like there's there's just a lot of things and yeah. It's 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 cool. It's uh it definitely is a game changer when you have kids to kind of see all yeah. of that. So I think it's wild like you learn I've learned how much my parents genuinely like loved you right i think in the teenage years we can't see past our own nose like everything is just right there and mm -hmm. i need instant it's all about me and then you have a kid and you're just like poof, like there's so much more that you're responsible for and then even like our daughter was our first and it was like right when she comes out it's like i'm ready to die for this thing and i haven't even met it like that's you yeah. meeting it and i'm ready to do anything in the whole world and so then the context of that of my mom and all the stuff that she did to keep me safe and to like make sure that my life was okay. And my dad as well of, you know, like just, they cared. And I, especially like teenage years, I was thinking of like, they just hated me or they didn't want me to have fun or they didn't want this. Like, why do I have a curfew? And it's like, no, like I, they didn't want me to die. Like being an idiot teenager yeah. with, with friends doing stupid stuff. So it really expanded that. And I, I feel like at the end of the day, like me and you are really blessed in that sense. We're, we did have a parent with or a home with both parents. Yeah. And uh that cared. That cared. Yeah. That that you know, were willing to do things for us that maybe other parents like I, my parents didn't have any like addictions or yeah. just anything and and uh so like to that point I can see like even in other situations you actually learn from how you don't want to be as a parent because yeah. as a kid you had a struggle with that or whatever. So it's it's just 
cool and you look at like generational things and things that you want to fix. And that's what, as a parent with your kids, you can be the one that changes that whole generational trauma or whatever is going on or, yeah. you know, and that if you put in that con- context too, it just is like there's a massive responsibility, but also an opportunity and just it's, it's, it, life is crazy, dude. <laughs> like all the different many levels of it. It's, it's really, it's really fun and, and, uh, uh, it's a wild, wild mm-hmm. ride. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Four more questions. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, that's a great question. I think, um, cause I thought I've lot, thought a lot about legacy, like, especially when, uh, my grandpa passed and then when Hillary's grandpa, uh, passed, it's like, you think about like their legacy and it's cool to like, when you go to like their funeral and stuff and like see all the friends and family that they've affected. Um, I think for me, my legacy is I just want to impact as many people as I can as for the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, evil's real. There's a lot of evil people out there. There's also a lot of good people. And I think that's why I want to make just crazy amounts of wealth, not to like buy 27 Lamborghinis. I mean, I'll take one, you know, I'll have <laughs> 26. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's more like to like combat that evil or like uh, I I was really touched last night I watched the Mr. Beast video Mm. where he helped a thousand blind people that just didn't have the resources to do it and it's like that's what I want my legacy to be and to and that's where people always like money's bad or this and dude it's it's bad in the wrong hands sure but like money allows you to be able to make massive change and that's what I that's what I'm working for. That's why I work so hard is because like, I truly believe that it's my calling that I need to do that to help all these people that maybe just had other disadvantages or just whatever it might be. Um, and that's, that's what I want my legacy to be. And then I want to be able to like pass it on to my kids and have them step into their powers and their truths and all the stuff that they can help as many people as well. And that can be like our family legacy and, it's just cool. And if you look, if you look, truly look at the wealthy people, most of them are like the most generous people you ever met. Yeah. And it's because they just let money flow through them. Like, okay, I'm going to give it to this person that needs it more than I do. But then it comes back to them tenfold and they give tenfold and it comes out, you know, it's just yeah. like this never anything. But yeah, I think that's like the, what I, what I want my legacy to be is, is I can just see like, uh, just impacting just, massive amounts of people like all over like if i like visualize it i can yeah. just see like an endless crowd like the ocean like just so many people of all the people that i that i helped and that's yeah. like my end goal and if i fall short of it cool i helped just a little bit less amount of people <laughs> yeah. right so it's it's kind of a, a win-win for me but very cool all right the last three if you've watched any of the man games podcasts same last three questions so the first one is who has not been to man games that needs to be at the next one um, the one that I was thinking of, um, so uh, my brother-in-law who married my sister is Matt. He is cousin of the Raymonds. Okay, yeah. And so I've I've thought about, like, again, going back to the question, brains or athletic or both, but I was like, dude, Cody needs to come yeah. out here. He'd like, do well. Cody would do really well. And Cody, I've played golf with him a few times. He's actually really good at golf. Um, super competitive, like competitive where it's so fun. We like can talk crap back and forth to each other. Yeah. 
Um, so I think like maybe even Nick too. Nick's really athletic. Yeah. Um, my my brother in law is pretty athletic too. The problem that we were talking, I was talking to my brother in law, and I'm like, the only problem there is we wouldn't have any height. Like you guys <laughs> are all shorter. You're all ath- super athletic and whatever. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, well then. So it's funny because knowing the events, you're like, well, we got to have height for basketball. But if we, you know, so. This next one, volleyball but, is the only one that's really height specific because basketball is going to be a three-point contest. So okay. it's not going to be a full three-on-three thing. See, so. So that'll impact who maybe, you bring. Maybe I will. Because uh, I, I don't know where, what Bobby and Snar and, and Cody and I, all those guys that I've been with before are doing. Yeah. But okay. maybe I'll do some recruiting. Cody you, Raymond. We got Cody Raymond. This, this is your call out. <laughs> <laughs> Who from the last man game would you like to see on the podcast and hear more about? Um, I was the first one that I thought was Bobby. Tuesday, he's coming on. Yeah, and then honestly, Cody, dude, like my my, I got to know because I they were all like really close high school friends. I was kind of the odd guy out that hadn't really got to know Snar or Cody super mm-hmm. well. Man, and we had some sweet heart to hearts in the hot tub going back to our <laughs> yeah. Airbnb and. And just like yeah, just I think both of them like you know, and I I watched Snars. Yeah, he, he was probably the, one of the ones that I watched all the way from start to finish. Yeah, and so I've gotten to know him a lot better. Uh, Bobby's an awesome dude, as you know. Yeah, um, Cody's really cool too. So I would say okay. any of the any of our any of my teammates, dude. Like so Bobby's Cody, Tuesday. So Cody, you Cody, gotta come on, get on, and come tell your story, dude. Yeah. So. Uh, last one. What does it mean to you to be a man? Uh, to be a man, I knew this was coming, and I purposely did not prepare for it because I wanted it to flow through me in the moment. <laughs> I didn't want to like have some written out answer. Um, as you're saying it, I think the biggest thing t- to me is is uh, a man is is someone with integrity. Um, I think intention is the most important thing that that anyone and any man needs. And if you always have like your good intentions, like true good intentions for whatever you do, you never have to worry or feel like you're not doing enough or all the things. Like if you just approach it with good intention in any situation with your wife, with your kids, with business, with friends, with family, if you have good intentions, I think you're good. And I I think a man, um, as far as like today's society, you know, they always go into like the toxic masculinity and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And sure, there can be some of that, but I really think a man is somebody that can can protect and can lead and can kind of be that that barrier between like your family and the world. And, you know, again, going back to impact, like that's again some one of the things that I feel is just really important for me is like being that man that is willing to take on the world, I guess, take on the evil and be that front facing person. And I can have a lot of people that fall behind me and we can make a big impact. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's integrity in, yeah. in your intentions. And if you, a man, a, a true man is somebody with good intentions all the time. And are we going to fall short of that? The actual outcome all the freaking time, <laughs> yeah. you know, but if you intend to do good, then your fails become learnings, right? Yeah. So, well, I love that, and I love the fact, and we kind of alluded to it where we didn't know each other well in high school, but as we've kind of gotten older and through man games and everything else, it seems like every time I'm with you, I get a little bit deeper picture of who you are as a person, and it, it just you continue to impress me. So again, I appreciate you 
what you're doing in life and what you're doing to impact people. I appreciate you coming to Man Games and fulfilling what we have as that kind of dream of, of what it means to be a man and how to help people and just including athleticism and everything else. So I sincerely appreciate you spending a minute or an hour and 43 minutes with me. And Dude, it's and felt like five story. minutes. I know it goes fast. Like you could do this again and we still have plenty yeah. to talk about. And it, I, right? I think uh, to your point, appreciate you having me on and, and man games, like I said, I think it's bigger than you're making it bigger than just, just you, right? It's not even for you. It's for everyone else. And, we all see that and appreciate it. Um, and when I get my podcast up and rolling, I'm going to have you on because I Perfect. think, you know, the great host that you are, you let us talk about us and everyone likes to talk about themselves. <laughs> and so I would want to flip the roles where yeah. we can get really deep into Eric and Eric's life and philosophies <laughs> and it's all a, this it's stuff. It's a dark you, hole, man. No, it's a dark, no scary. I don't believe so. I don't believe so, <laughs> yeah. but that's a... Anyway, so I, I do appreciate it. This has been awesome. But yeah, dude, uh, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, so. man. Okay. You're awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs>